2: Welcome in another edition of Stoppage Time live on a Wednesday off of a 5-1 win for Atlanta United against Portland. There's probably still something we haven't talked about from that game. We'll look ahead to Columbus and it gets really interesting because of seven international call ups, although one of them might be available. Machop Chol had some travel issues. He did train yesterday. I don't know if that got sorted out. The, uh, The South Sudan Football Federation is maybe not the most resourced when it comes to all the documentation that needs to be acquired and also different travel situations entirely. So not sure if much will be available this weekend. He could be, but we know six won't be. And one of those is your MLS player of the week or player of the match day. I guess is the official terminology this year. Tiago Almada, who was absolutely ridiculous on Saturday against Portland.
3: Can you be player of the month while missing one of the matches in said yes, month? you should be. Uh, I mean, I think he's got it in the bag right now, uh, barring something really, really crazy. And what, what's funny is if you look at the other players of the week this month, it's Wiley and Zellerion, and Zellerion's not playing on Saturday. So I, I think yeah. Tiago's got it wrapped up. Andy Bunker and I were talking here in the office the other day. Do you remember... Like in the um, the early 1990s, Jason, when Michael Jordan had a chance to play against like the Clippers or the 76ers or the, uh, Orlando before they got Shaq. Like some of the really, really, um, you know, not evenly matched opponents in the NBA and how Jordan would just like he could shoot free throws with his eyes closed. He'd palm the ball and stick it in someone's face and then pull it back. He'd be crossing guys over just because he could do any and everything he wanted. And that to me, it that was Tiago Almada on Saturday. It was like this is a hockey reference, but Bobby Orr just skating around guys. Jordan just you know being a magician with the basketball and getting and doing whatever he wanted. And it was so fun to witness. It was so much fun to witness. And I think, you know, the way that Tiago has elevated his game in such a short amount of time, I do wonder how much of it owes back to any kind of confidence he built, uh, you know, from the world cup or, or the lead up to the world cup, you and I both spoke to Columbus's play-by-play announcer uh, this week, the radio announcer. And he asked me like, is is this a, a world cup bounce? for Tiago. I, I, I don't know if it is. I mean, he, he's always been a great player, but something has happened where he's elevated to an even different level right now. And it, yeah. it's so much fun to witness.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what it is. I, I think the the difference in the, the Jordan early 90s comparison to this is Portland's not a bad team. Portland no. is a depleted no. team at the moment, but they're not a bad team. The reason why I think Tiago has been elevated, I do think there is a, a confidence boost from the World Cup. Um, just carrying a World Cup winner's medal around with you can do that. But it's the team. And, and it's the way the team plays. And something that I mentioned on, on Atlanta soccer tonight, you know, Yorgos Yakimaki's being caught offside five times that some people are going to freak out and yell at him about staying onside because he's, you know, are going to treat him like he's a 10-year-old player in a U-12 game. But he knows exactly what he's doing. And those offside decisions, one, a couple of them were really close that I think if he had put it in the back of the net, would have been reviewed and could have been ruled in his favor. But two, what it does is it puts defenders on their heels. It puts them leaning back. It puts them worried about, does he time this right to get over the top? How does that affect Almada? Well, when defenders aren't able to step up higher, that creates more space. And what did we talk about last year a ton as the year went on? Zone 14, where Tiago Almada, and I know it's a phrase that some people like, some people don't. It's really the area around the top of the 18-yard box, the, the arc, kind of that area. It is a very dangerous area to have the ball in. Tiago Almada makes that area his home. Well, last year, his home was very crowded because people kept crashing into his house. Joseph Martinez dropping into that space all the time. Luis Adarujo coming into that space, getting the personnel right in that space. It wasn't working. He's having to go find other spaces. He's having to go rent other houses on the field to find areas. Well, this year, the way this team is being built and structured, there's space. There's a lot of space. And go back to Portland. The team even found ways to create more space, not just Yakimakis, but Amar told us on the full-time report, early on, because of Portland's shape and the way that they pressed, it caused Atlanta some difficulty because it was really kind of unorthodox. It was something that Atlanta hadn't played a team in that shape, hadn't pressed in that way. So it took them a while to figure it out. What they figured out was those big switches that we saw leading to goal number three. Those big switches of play, that created even more space for Thiago. So when you take an incredibly talented player who has a World Cup winner's medal and is feeling that confidence and probably learned some things about himself and his game while being part of that national team. He's going to learn it again this week, getting back with that team. Well, you take all that and you add him into a team that is functioning really, really well, that is really well-structured, that is defending really intensely to win the ball back in dangerous areas and creating space all over the field. Man, it's a perfect scenario for Tiago Almada to thrive in.
3: Yeah, I, I love the way you describe that. Thank you. It, it really does make a lot of sense, uh, and so much of it ties back to movements that are being made away uh, away from Almada that just were not happening last year. Uh, again, to use a basketball analogy, and I'm sorry to keep doing that. No, no, no. Stuck in Hawks mode right no, now. No,
2: we, we don't we don't <laughs> ever run away from analogies. They're so important, <laughs> yeah. honestly.
3: You know, A lot of people yell at Trey Young for shooting threes from the logo, but one thing it does, it brings the defense out. Yeah. And when you do that, notice how many times Trey can throw an alley-oop from that logo, and he's going to have an uncontested uh, dunk with Clint Capella or John Collins. There I'll is take that, function. take that a step further,
2: like the long-range shooting that, ah, it's bad, you can't shoot from outside the 18. But when you score some goals from outside the 18 like this team has – you then have you honor get that. these defenders in this push-pull because you do that where they know that Almada can hit it from 25. They know that atarujo can hit it from 25. And then you have Yakumaki's trying to run in behind. So you have defenders' brains breaking during live play because they're like, should I step? Should I watch? Should I step? Should I watch for the run behind me? And you create indecision. And Almada's going to thrive in indecision for the opponent.
3: Indeed. We're we're getting a lot of questions on the Twitch pitch. I I think we pivot to Columbus and then maybe get to the Twitch pitch. Yeah, we we
2: can jump into as many questions as we need to today.
3: I think the central issue as it pertains to the Columbus match pun intended is what Atlanta United does now in the central attacking midfield with Tiago Almada out. Now, here's the thing that I think is very important because there's been a lot of fretting about the international call-ups and Atlanta without Almada, without Yakimakis, without Miles, and and you know, you mentioned Machope and Ronald Hernandez. It's a pretty long list, and they're significant players. Columbus, I would say, if you were to pick their three most significant players, maybe four most significant players, if you want to count Darlington Nagby in there, three of their four most significant players are also called up. Lucas Elrayon, Milos Dieganick, and Eloy Room. Aloy room. by the way, someone who has had some fantastic performances against Atlanta United, just throwing that out there. So I, I would just submit that I think Columbus is similar, similarly affected by call-ups as Atlanta United. I do not believe Columbus has a roster advantage necessarily no. over Atlanta United in this match. No, now, all I that not think so. All that being said, let's go through the options here. We tried to do this on the full-time report on Saturday, and I don't really know if we have a whole lot more insight on Josatu to today than maybe we did
2: yesterday or on Saturday. Go ahead. I do. I was at training yesterday. Go ahead. I have I have a perspective on a couple things. Um, one, it felt like Noah Cobb was really being prepared to get the start here. Um, lots of work with him. Lots of work with him and Porata together. I think Noah Cobb starts at center back. After what, the only I other yesterday.
3: option would be Sosa there, so that's not too terribly surprising.
2: You could now you could go Gootman if you want to slide him over play as a center back. We've seen that before in a three, but I think it's Noah Cobb. I don't think that's a huge shock. Um, Osatu was a full participant in training yesterday, so he looked good. Um, didn't notice him having to sit out any activities. Didn't notice him laboring at all. He looked he looked very good. Uh, It was a mix of two's academy players who can't participate in this one. They'll play for Atlanta United, too, this weekend. But two's contracted players, remember, can be brought up for this. And and I think there could be a couple who do. Um, Luke Brennan could be one, for example. Now that he's under a pro contract, he could be brought up for this to provide extra depth on the wing. You are going to bring some guys for depth purposes and potential substitution purposes. But Cobb, I would expect, will start. Hosetsu will compete to start. Just don't know if he will.
3: What about Alan Carlton?
2: He's Yeah, he's under a pro contract. And I I tell you, he looked good in preseason. But where he's really looked good to me is in some of these activities and training that we've had a chance to see. He has... He's One, he's a different player than his brother, so don't make the comparison straight away to Andrew and his skill set. I, I think Allen is a very different kind of player. Allen, to me, is more of an 8, maybe bordering on a 6, whereas Andrew was a pure 10 or a winger coming inside to play as a 10, as a playmaker. So very different personality. Um, Allen is, is very scrappy defensively. I think that area of his game has really improved. Could he provide a little bit of depth there in the middle? Yes. I think if Josechu is back, he probably won't make the trip. I think he'll start for the twos on Sunday. But if there's any question about Josechu being able to be available off the bench and look so far so good, you know, barring any kind of setback in terms of today or tomorrow or anything, I don't think Carlton will be there. I do think that Brennan very well could be, especially if Chole isn't there. Um, And that's a little up in the air. And I I think the other one that I I was coming back to was potentially Efrain Morales to be the extra center back off the bench. He's a player who we've seen play as a six. He's played as a center back Bolivia with the U twenties. He played as a center back in the South American U 20 championship. I've seen him more as a center back in the little bit. I've seen with the twos in preseason I think that's where he slots in, and he would give you just that little bit of extra cover there if needed. Wouldn't be surprised to see him make the trip.
3: Okay, so with all that being said, and with Hosetu's status under consideration, at 7.39 on Saturday, who do you think is lining up as the 10 for Atlanta United?
2: Amar Sadich. I I think the way it ends up going down is Hosetu does start. Um, I think he can get you into the second half and then hopefully a Johnny Fortune can take over from there or Santi Sosa, depending on the situation in the game. If you need to go for something, you're going to bring in Fortune. If you want to protect a little more, you bring on Sosa. But I think Sadich is your your number 10. And and look, he's a very different kind of 10, obviously, than Tiago Almada. But I think he has that ability in the attacking third to be able to find those passes and unlock a team. And I think he has that better than anyone else in the central midfield. So barring, you know, doing something which if you had Ronald Hernandez, could you see Luis Araujo slide inside and play as a 10? Maybe if you had the ability to push Lennon high, play Hernandez as a right back, potentially. But I don't like the disruption with all of those moves. I think the simplest thing is for Shadich to play just a little bit higher, Josechi to come back into the midfield and you keep everything kind of as is, as much as you can.
3: So, an Ibarra, Jose to Sadich midfield. Yes. With Parata and Cobb, your center backs. Yes. Guman on the left, Lennon on the yep. right, and then... Um,
2: Wiley and Arrujo on the flanks, and Barry up top. Barry.
3: Okay. I mean, yeah, look, I, so I, I'll, I'll run that. I'll run that. I mean, you're, you're playing against a team whose spine is similarly affected right mm-hmm. now with, with room and and Deganick, and um, Zellerion out. Um, I I could run with that. I I think, you know, It look, in the back of our heads, we're thinking, or at least I'm thinking, you're off to a tremendous start. It's been a lot of fun. The vibes are very good right now. Everyone's feeling great. You've avoided the injury bug, knock on wood. Uh, Very, very positive mentality that we're seeing. I know you see it in training, Jason. I see it in traveling with the team. Everything just feels good. You would hate to have... In uh, the international window-induced setback, but I, I'm beginning to feel more and more comfortable about the situation that, look, it, it's not ideal for any club in MLS right now, but I'm beginning to feel a little more comfortable about the situation that Atlanta United is walking into on Saturday, into a stadium, by the way, where they've played in two uh, occasions very, very well.
2: Yeah, look, you have the structure to lean on, you know, the the style of play is going to be the same. I think when you look at it from that perspective, Gonzalo Pineda has an advantage over Wilfred Nancy in this one because Nancy is still trying to establish his style of play. So substitutions for the crew, when we start going through that exercise of how do you replace Dignik? how do you replace uh, Zelrayon, what do you do with these things? You're still trying to develop a structure. Nazis in his first year there. So it's harder to make that change. You know, for Atlanta United, Gonzalo Pineda has been here for a minute. Last year was huge in terms of really pushing forward how he wants to play. So Sadich slotting in a little bit different role. He can adjust that. If Hosetsu not ready to go and you need to play Sosa as the eight, I, I think he can figure that out. Is it his best position? No, his best as plays a six. But right now you're better off to keep Ibodra where he's thriving at the moment and have Sosa play a little bit higher up the field. You can adjust because that style of play in that game model is fully established. For Columbus, they kind of have to keep the same shape and the same way of playing, even if it is not the best way to get a result this week with their absences.
4: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: All right, do you want to dip on the Twitch pitch a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. First couple questions about what else with Columbus but the weather. <laughs> is it supposed to rain? We hear it's supposed to rain. Okay, so I check this a lot, as you all know. The latest <laughs> I have seen is that it's supposed to rain all day Friday. It's supposed to rain all night Friday night. It's supposed to rain much of the day Saturday. But by kickoff time, it's not supposed to be raining.
2: It That's will what be, it looks like right now, yes.
3: It will be cold, or not cold, chilly. Uh, th- this won't be as bad as Soldier Field last week. Uh, no. That, that got awful. Uh, mid to upper 40s uh, with mostly cloudy skies at kickoff time on Saturday. That's what they're saying right now. The w- the one thing that is absolutely not in the forecast is any kind of um delay ingredient, like a severe weather situation, lightning, anything like that, because we've had a lot of those problems, too, in Columbus. In fact, I think since 2019, we have had four weather delays in five trips across all competitions to Columbus. So it, which is really an unbelievable coincidence, but, um, weird sounds like nothing like that. Sounds like as of right now should be okay for Saturday. Uh, but if you're going up for the weekend, it might not be so great on Friday.
2: Yeah. Friday looks cold and rainy. Um, it looks like it'll stop raining around noon, one o'clock in the afternoon. Just kind of guessing it from what I saw. Um, Good it me. is a, a cold front is coming through um, again overnight. It looks like, but I think we'll miss most of that.
3: All right, uh, Tom Russo says um, we know. So we know. Oh, I think Tom may have had a typo there. Uh, <laughs> assuming serious offers come in for Tiago Almada this summer. <laughs> Yes. What are the possibilities? A sale with a loan back is one, obviously. But Tom has asked me this question on Twitter, and I I haven't answered it. So hopefully we can come up with something here. Can Tiago himself decide that he would want to stay to help win a cup? If that looks like a serious possibility.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, look, like anything's on the table right now. So, I mean, anybody out there telling you they know what's going to happen is lying to you. There's just no. I'm sorry. That's just a fact. Like, is there a good likelihood of a very lucrative offer coming through in the summer for Tiago Almada? Yes, I I think all signs point to yes to my magic eight ball. Um, But does that mean a sale happens? No. It might not be the right club for him. It might not be a situation that he wants to go into. Um, It it might be, but it might be a situation. It might be a club he wants, but maybe not the playing time that he wants. Uh, There's lots of things that can come into this. And yes, he could be sold and loaned back for the remainder of the year. We've seen that happen a good bit in MLS as of late and it's a it's a smart move if it makes sense for the club on the other side of it. So well,
3: wasn't that George sorry, just wait, wasn't that George the one, yeah.
2: Um
3: uh who else? shot um Zach Stefan, I think was one where they did that.
2: Uh yeah, yeah he did
3: the, the one back him yeah, almost it's, not, it's so, common.
2: It, it, it's yeah. common or depending on how the the financials work, sometimes you see uh a sale agreed to, but the actual transfer happens in January. Um, Sometimes that can help the club on the other side. If they're juggling when their money gets spent and those sorts of things. So there's again, a ton of different scenarios and anybody who tells you exactly how this is going to go down is lying to you. Just like they're lying to you about Lionel Messi and what happens with him because nobody (laughs) knows, right there. It's, it's the nature of the business and the summer window can be absolutely chaotic. You add the potential, and this is just off the top of my head, of a Newcastle preparing for a Champions League run. You add the... And they have money to spend. You add the potential of Chelsea with maybe a new manager, maybe completely reloading once again, and we know they've spent stupid amounts of money. You add in a you know, a Liverpool who might need to reload with where they sit these days. You add in a Milan who is going to be chasing Serie A again after not winning it this year. You look at Barcelona or Real Madrid and what they will be facing. You look at Napoli and potentially coming off of a Serie A win. I mean, that we can go through a bunch of teams. If Bayern doesn't win the Bundesliga, do they make a call? Possible. I mean, this is the level of club we're talking about. So when you get to that level, there's a lot of moving parts. And would he be the guy for one of those clubs? No, he's not going to be the biggest transfer they bring in typically. So then it gets even trickier when you're starting to say, okay, well, we have X amount budgeted. We're going to go chase this mega, mega star. Oh, we didn't get the mega, mega star. We can go get Tiago Almada for 35 to 40 to maybe more. Maybe you go for that. Then when you go down a tier you're talking about clubs that are maybe towards the bottom end of the Champions League level and a Europa League level. And then it becomes a different question. You know, is that a good situation to walk into if you're Tiago Almada and you're his representatives and you're deciding what's best for his career? Would it be better to stay and wait for a bigger offer? Tiago made the decision from Velez when he was told by many people in Argentina to wait for a European offer, go to Europe. That's the route. You don't go to MLS first. Well, he did come to MLS first because he knew he would play. He knew he would get the opportunities to shine. Does that change? If a mid tier European club comes in and makes an offer and he's not so sure he's going to get that opportunity to shine, maybe he doesn't go because he'd rather play. So again, Tons of possibilities. It is way too early to say that he's gone in the summer. Anybody who tells you that there's no chance he finishes the season here is lying because they don't know. Maybe their guess is right at the end of the summer window, but no one knows right now because it is way too early for those offers to truly be materializing.
3: I think it's too early even for Garth Lagerway to have a number that he would get out of bed for right now. I think
2: it's too early. You don't know where the market is. Right. The, right. the, the market is so volatile when you're getting into Newcastle, potentially spending more money. And look, I, I mentioned Newcastle because duh, it makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, Darren Eels does know Tiago fairly well. Um, he is at Newcastle these days. Uh, he probably has a pretty good relationship and has people on speed dial and they could be looking to bolster that squad. And that, that is one you have to consider if another club gets purchased here between now and the summer window, then that changes the paradigm because you might have somebody who's looking to make a splash and spend more money. So there's a ton of things that can come up here. So just all you can do is stay tuned to it. We'll keep you posted on the the, the, the rumor mill because it's going to be a big story. Make sure you know where these rumors are coming from. Make sure you're following your sourcing. Make sure you're not falling into, you know, footy rumors. Five, four, three on Twitter said something like make sure you know where these things are coming from. And we'll do our best to kind of lay things out as, as we hear and see.
3: A couple of questions about Cucho's status for Saturday. He's out. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. He's got a knee injury. Um, Is that definite? He announced, well, according to, now, sourcing, (laughs)
2: uh,
3: according to um, SB Nation, Okay, uh, I'm going to take that as a pretty good source. Yeah, Uh,
2: their SB Nation site, and I I know it might not be SB Nation going forward, but that's a whole other topic. Um, They're pretty good. And he
3: tweeted... That he will be out for a few weeks due to a knee injury. Okay, according then to the then, then so we're I'd good. About, yes. yes I, then, I feel pretty confident in that.
2: We are good uh, with that because it was unknown at the end of last week. There really wasn't any word about, okay, when did the injury happen? What happened? How long is he out?
3: Ricky Ricardo wants to know if Ian McFadden could be in the mix on
2: Saturday. I think he's on the team. I think he's available off the bench. I wouldn't be surprised to see him off the bench. I don't think he starts. I think you keep the fullbacks where they are. I just I don't think there's a, a, enough upside to playing Arturujo centrally and playing Lennon as a winger and playing McFadden as a right back. I think that creates more issues than you might solve with keeping Lennon at fullback, keeping Arturujo on the right wing, and moving Sadich up just a little bit higher in terms of positioning.
3: Uh, let's see. Some good questions here. Bern Dursberger wants to know if Johnny Bial could get into consideration uh, at the 10, at least short-term?
2: Yeah, potentially. Um, I I haven't seen him mixing with the first team a ton, so I'm a little reluctant to say that happens. Honestly, I think David Mejia might get that opportunity, and he's a little bit more of a winger, but then that opens up some other possibilities. Mejia looked really good in training yesterday. Um, And we've seen him more with the first team in preseason. So I think Mejia and Brennan are the two attacking players from the second team that are more likely to be part of it.
3: Yeah, and just going by what we saw uh, in Chattanooga against Toluca, um, you had Mejia and Brennan playing quite a bit with uh, the first team. I don't remember Vial playing at all.
2: No, and, and I don't know if he had an injury or anything in preseason that could have limited that. But I also, in terms of a 10 for, for Johnny, I, I don't know if that's the best spot for him at the moment at this level. I think it's honestly coming off the wing where he has a little more positional freedom and he's not going to get knocked around as much. I mean, Johnny's not a big guy. He, he's incredibly good on the ball. But I think as a second forward in in a three five two or a four four two kind of shape, or as a winger in the way that Atlanta's playing in the four three three, he's a little more protected in, in terms of physicality.
3: Uh, DK Branham asks with the club having already rejected bids
2: for Wiley,
3: I, I haven't heard that by the way reportedly.
2: But, but, yeah, it's decent um, sourcing. It, it's reportedly
3: uh, I, I have no reason to doubt DK. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they say with the club having already rejected bids for Wiley and with production and performance sustaining, what kind of timeline should we expect
2: for him? Again, I mean, if we're we're wondering about Almada, you have to wonder about Wiley as well. Um, you know, he's more of a speculative purchase. when you're, you're talking about, you know, clubs in Europe bringing him in, it's it's less sure than an Almada. So that changes the types of clubs you're talking about. It kind of opens the door a little bit for a broader range of club. I think Caleb will also, you know, be learning from what happened with George Bello, where I think Bello maybe pushed, mm-hmm. maybe his people pushed for the wrong move. Mm-hmm. And he went to a club that wasn't the best fit, wasn't the best stylistic fit, and is now relegated. And, and Bellow's kind of struggling to find his way, and I hate to see that. So I think Wiley will be very careful. Um, look, I mean, just the, the thing is, and I think as MLS grows, this is going to get even more of a complicated decision-making process. Why go to a bottom-tier first division team in Europe if you are at one of the biggest clubs in this hemisphere? And, and I think that's going to become more of a like-for-like conversation like look right now there's a lot of push like ah, you have to go to Europe it's the only place to go if you're any good and I just don't think that's true and I don't think it's for every player so you know without getting into the 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 personality profiles of Caleb and Tiago like there are other factors that that get into this and you got to pick the right spot especially if you're Caleb where it is more of a you're probably going to go and not walk into a starting lineup Tiago should walk into a starting lineup in Europe, even at the clubs we're talking about with Tiago. Caleb, maybe not. So you got to make sure you go to the right place. You don't want to go to somewhere where you're just going to get loaned out. You're just on the books and, you know, you don't really see that club except for preseason. And you got to go somewhere where there's some stability. You you don't want to go anywhere where a manager is going to get fired in a few months and then you're going to be trying to impress somebody new who might not want you. You know, that's the Freddie Adu story. Like you can, you can talk about Freddie do all, all you want in terms of, ah, uh, he, he, he didn't make it. Well, Freddie went to Europe, and I think at Benfica, where he went first, he was under three or four different managers in his first two seasons there. So it, it doesn't work that way. And, and Caleb's got to be careful about that kind of a move. And look, he's going to get good advice. He's seen it happen to players before him. He's going to be very careful. And. You know, could he go in the summer? Yeah, he could. He, he could. The right offer could come. Could be the right club. He could go in the summer. Could he stay for another year and a half? Yes, he could. He absolutely could. It's more unknown when it comes to Caleb.
3: Uh, Etienne took his call up, right, to Haiti. Yep, he, he, he So uh, Bruno was asking if he could, could uh, potentially play at the 10. That's not even going to be an option.
2: This no, week. and I wouldn't see him as a 10 at all anyway. <laughs> I'd see him as a, as a 9 potentially if he ever need that, but not a 10. Right.
3: Uh, okay. Well, uh, that gets us to a half hour and that's pretty much the gist of what we have on the Twitch pitch. Uh, so why don't we just wrap it up here and we will tell you that we will be on the air on star. Please remember that we are on star Saturday, seven o'clock for, uh, the, uh, uh, five stripes countdown seven thirty will be the kickoff. We'll do a brief full-time report after the match as well. And again, that'll be on star 94. This Saturday, of course, the game's on Apple. Kevin's doing the game. Keep getting W's with Atlanta United. I'm telling you, we keep sure. getting Kevin. Uh, so um, uh, he'll be on Apple. And uh, again, 7 30 kickoff time. Jason and I will be back here next Wednesday, 2 p.m., for another edition of Stoppage Time here on Twitch and the 929 The Game Facebook page, where we will have a full recap of one of our favorite dinner spots in the league. <laughs> and it's in Columbus, Ohio, if you can That's believe it. That's true. One of our favorite dinner spots in the league.
2: That is true. It is it is a must must uh, visit, but we're not going to tell you where it is just yet because no. we want to make sure we get in on Friday.
3: Yeah, we we uh, <laughs> yes, uh, we have had some trouble getting into this restaurant, so we don't <laughs> need you taking our tables. They also close very early. They do. So, uh, we'll hope for on time travel, hope this time when we go to Columbus we won't nearly uh, you know, um, not make it because that was a very memorable trip last year in uh, many different ways, but not to be told here in this form. So <laughs> we will see.
2: That's, <laughs> That's a weird. cliffhanger of an ending. Yeah, I mean,
3: just we, uh, okay, uh, our charter flight uh landed in very, very severe weather, and it was a yes. tense landing. I think we can at least. That's fair to that. say, yes. But we did land safely. Uh, Okay. So uh, uh, weather permitting and landing permitting, we will see you next Wednesday here on Stoppage Time.
4: Thanks so much for joining us. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.